Welcome to the Songwriter Connection Podcast, where we look at the craft of songwriting through the eyes of the songwriter. Each week, we make a connection with a music maker, listen to their songs, and hear their stories. From Nashville, Tennessee, here's your host, Dave Lenahan. Well, Yoda is back. Mark (laughs) Allen Barnett. How are you, brother? (laughs) Back to the podcast, Dave. All right, you will, right? Hey, Dave. Thank you, buddy. We call him Yoda because he has been such an inspiration and has taught so many the craft of songwriting. And not just that. It goes well beyond that. You do your Mark Allen Barnett tours. I do the tours, yeah. You know, take you from the beginning to the middle to hopefully not the end. But uh, it's, you know, it's it's a tour through the past, the present, and the future of the participant, you know. We look at existing songs. We write some new songs. We uh, talk about the things behind the song, which is kind of what we're here today about. Behind, you know, everybody's got this impression of themselves and particularly with things like TikTok and Instagram and all that, you know, where they actually can put what they've got out there. Oh, yeah. A lot of times they're not thinking, should it be out there yet? Have uh-huh. I studied enough about this? Are all my things, all my ducks in a row before I go that? Yeah. And, and so... Because really, if it isn't, it's, it's fantasy camp, right? That's exactly what it is. It is fantasy camp. Yeah. And and I've been doing it for, for about 20 years and it's been something that's true to my heart and I, I'm lucky to work with a lot of people. But I get to see things uh, from the audience point of view, mm-hmm. you know, and that's we got one chance to make a bad first impression. Yeah. So I, I would like to be able to sit with people and give them some some hints on everything from the writing, performing to, to the networking and the business aspect. Yeah, I've got to thank you because you've been a sponsor on the show here in season three and the people have heard me talk about your right. tours, but I think it'd be pretty uh, cool getting it right from you yeah. uh, about what they're all about and and how people can contact you and exactly what they do. You know, we've been saying things like, you know, up your game three to five years. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Yeah. I mean, you know. But tell us a little bit about the tours and, and how people can contact you and, and what you start, what you okay. do. Yeah. MarkAllenBarnett.com is M-A-R-C-A-L-A-N-B-A-R-N-E-T-T-E.com. Um, I'm kind of, most everything I do is word of mouth. Someone tells someone else about me. You can mm-hmm. Google search, duck, duck, go. Mm-hmm. Mark Allen Barnett, songwriter. All these things pop up. Mm-hmm. The it's It's a basic one-day or multi-day workshop, all right? And, and the examples, it, people will come in, usually have about an hour. I usually start about 10 in the morning because some people come from out of town and everything right. and try to get rest up and everything. Mm-hmm. And and we'll start about 10, and we'll have kind of either a breakfast or a get-acquainted kind of uh, session, you know. Mm-hmm. Some people will want to meet. I have on the, the sheet that you fill out, is there anybody you would like to meet in your thing? And sometimes I might have guests, uh, you know, hit writers and, and stuff like that, whatever works out but mm-hmm. the first first hour is just getting acquainted and then we'll go through listening to their songs and some people have songs recorded some people or perform some people want me to go to their website and kind of view what they're doing and finding out you know all of that i go line by line note by note mm. uh and and we'll we'll streamline i've had a lot of situations recently where people have come to me who are actually pretty good players but their songs are are much longer than they need to be and they don't know how to edit mm-hmm. so i can take little things out don't play over the solo if you don't have a solo you know yeah. little turnarounds keep them tighter and keep keep everything and and sometimes people People have, you'll have people, you know, they'll write these three and four verse songs and yeah. they don't really say anything different in the third or the fourth verse they said in the first two but well you don't need them yeah. and, and so there are things like that and then we'll move into uh, if they want to write and, and I have written professionally for a long time 
I generally can show them how to do things very quick and very efficient. When you're writing with other people, and co-writing is the order of the day in this town, mm-hmm. you're sitting down in a room, and in about 20 minutes, you've got to kind of get some things going. And and so being able to bring speed and focus to whatever you do is a big thing. Also, the songwriter, who the, the really great songwriters, are those that will take hear an idea or hear just a little nugget or a word and suddenly go off and and come up with something that you just did not even conceive mm. and and when you haven't done that when you when you are a newer writer or somebody that's experienced only writing by yourself it's a whole different dynamic but there's two reasons that you co-write first is the sharing of ideas and getting things that you don't do the second is purely political yeah somebody knows somebody that you don't and that helps open up and there's two words that are mean similar things the word use and the word utilize use is just trying to climb over somebody to get what you want mm-hmm. utilizing is somebody else that has knows a writer's night or knows uh, a, a, an in or an artist and that you didn't know and helps you further your own career and so these are the, all the things and i try to look at a back behind the scenes and it's usually about six uh, about five to six hours we go on into the afternoon and then some people will be playing that night i'll help people get on on writer's nights or, or show them where to go mm-hmm. and and go out to say the commodore the maxwell house now I, I know most of the people yeah. there yeah. And and so try to introduce him. And one of the things that I'm always looking for is somebody that, uh, you know, you see things, patterns in their writing, you know, and I can think of somebody else and uh, you ought to think about getting together with this guy. So you help to make connections. Exactly. Okay. It's all, it's mm-hmm. the songwriter connection. That's yes, exactly right. what it is. That's good. And, and, and it's mostly just, I don't, I don't suggest anybody sit down and say, Hey, you want to write? No. Get to know each other first. You don't know what's going to work and what's not. And another it's thing, like dating it is very much dating. Yeah. Speed yeah. dating. Speed dating. And, yeah. and there, there's a, a thing that I, I always try to tell people. I said, don't cut your nose off to spite your face. Mm-hmm. You may get into a room with somebody and you're working on a song, and in your mind you think. This is just not going the way I'm going to. Well, try to finish it the best you can because yeah. you never know when the other writer or the uh, or, or multiple writers will take that, and that'll be a great song for them. And the next thing you know, they've introduced you to a half dozen other people just for writing that song. I tell you, there's nothing like going to a writer's round and watching a writer that you wrote with do a song that you co-wrote. Right. You go, wow. That's exactly right. And you hear their interpretation yeah. of it. So that's part yeah. of the reason. So it's really a valuable thing that you you uh, you do. Sure. And, well, and, thank you. And we do appreciate you. And I know when I lived in Cincinnati, you used to come I up did. to Cincinnati yeah. and work with NSAI up there. Our, right. We had a very active right. chapter. You guys had just a tremendous chapter. Yeah. And it's why I always enjoyed it. I went to I went to Wisconsin, the Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yes. I went to Cincinnati and I went to California. California. Right. And, and each one had something very very interesting you guys had this uh, this writer's night on uh, this thursday night i think we're going to get into writer's nights yeah. but yeah go ahead and, but it just it, you can see from the writing you got to physically get it somewhere else yeah. and and i watched all of you as i as i got to know you and you already had a good nugget there but as the focus that writer's mm-hmm. night your performance got better your networking yes. skills got better and what happened you brought a bunch of nashville people up there because of greg Altimer and yourself and mm-hmm. 
We and did a, a songwriter festival. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So what happens when Dave moves down? Suddenly you know Win Varble and you know all these people. Yeah, and Will Nance. And, and so that's yeah. how it all works. Mark yeah. Allen Barnett. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so, that guy. Yeah. That guy. Uh, I think it was Kerry Kurt Phillips who used to come up a lot too, the right. hit writer. And he used to tell us it's not... Uh, about who you know, it's who knows you. Who knows you? It's, it's I love you. that. Yeah. That's one of my favorite and, ones. And so that's what I really want to talk about today. So yeah. let's say you've got all these great songs and you're going, well, what do I do with them? Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, hopefully you're performing them performing them out. That's right. And um, maybe you're making a trip into Nashville. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you know, maybe your closest uh, music capital is L.A. or New York. Right. But you're getting there right. and you're playing and it's starting to make a name and getting noticed and, and getting invited back. And, and that's the thing. So I want to talk about the writer's rounds right. today right. And, and what they're all about. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a pro at this. And that's the focus of our conversation. A little bit later on in the show, we're going to get Debbie champion on the Absolutely. phone. She is the queen. She's the queen. That's She's right. been running writer's nights here in Nashville for over 30 years, yeah. all the way back to the legendary uh, uh, Broken Spoke, broken spoke right. days. And, <laughs> but it, it, the names that broke out of the Broken Spoke. Exactly. It, I yeah. mean, uh, great yeah. hit writers and artists, you yeah. know, and Tim McGraw, you know, um, and many others. So we'll get her take on it too. But what we want to do is cover how to, ethics. <laughs> I mean, yes. it's, you got to be ethical. Exactly. Um, you, you can't just, just show up and I'm the star and blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm, I'm what you, I've what you've been waiting for, right? That's um, exactly right. Way do they get a load <laughs> of me. me. Yeah, that's right. it. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about rounds. Um, and, and that's what we're going to focus this, uh, this show on. So let me ask you first off. Okay. Mark. They call it a writer's round. Yes. And so Patty, my wife, says to me the other day out of the blue, and I thought, good question. She goes, well, you know, at the 12 Keys, we do writer's rounds, rounds of three, three a night, um, three rounds a night. And she goes, well, why do you call it rounds when everybody's in a row up there? (laughs) Talk about the start of writer's rounds and, and, you know, how it became so important. Okay. All right. It kind of gets its nexus back in, you go back to the... The 60s, probably, and people like Harlan Howard and Willie Nelson and uh, 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 Chris Christopherson all would meet down at Tootsie's. There was a back room at Tootsie's. Tootsie Bess was this woman who fed everybody. Mm-hmm. And all these guys were, you know, they're, Chris Christopherson's a janitor and, and Willie had a deal, but it wasn't going anywhere. And that's the days that you sold a song for 50 bucks, like yeah, crazy. Right, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so they would sit literally in a round. They would face each other. And they would play their songs. And they gave each other advice on, oh, you should do this and you should do that. And there's always just kind of a smaller group that did that. And, and, and they also called it a round robin. That was another, another thing. So basically, it was the song coming around. All right, and and uh, they also would call it a guitar pull. They called it like that because you have to pull the guitar out of somebody <laughs> else's hand if you want to play. So this this went on, and uh, I got here in 1988, and and had high, I kind of seen this before, but I never really knew what it was. And I went to the Bluebird, and and there was Don Schlitz and. and um, uh, Fred Noblock, who at uh. that time were writing everything Randy Travis was done, and they'd sit in this round in the middle, mm. and that's really where it got got solid in Nashville. And so it was a literal in the round. The rows uh, were because of the 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 clubs were set were set up with the stage. 
And so they it, the round is just you play one song, next person plays another song, it's a round to you. Mm-hmm. Now, in some of the places that we've all been where you have the big guitar pools, you have 35 people in mm-hmm. a round, and it takes about an hour and a half for the song <laughs> to get around, back around to you. So, you know, it, it goes from that. The other thing, a practical application, is uh, when I came here, uh, you would, most writers' nights, you'd have one person get up and do about 20 minutes. You know, that was kind of, and, and the people that I started hanging out with when I first moved to town, Stephanie Smith, Chuck Cannon, Jimmy Stewart, wow. people that would go on to become enormously successful songwriters, that's the where all the relationships got built, were, were in, in playing on these writers' nights. But everyone were strong performers. Everyone had conquered their own areas chuck cannon from south carolina me from alabama birmingham you know you, you had some really accomplished people as years have gone on and more and more people coming into nashville there's less and less accomplished people that hold audiences so more and more clubs started doing four people three to four people at a time that way if they brought three or four people in to watch them play you've got an audience and right. it was a way to hold the audience, get more people on stage, and also get more inexperienced people the experience of playing with people. And that's kind of where it's all coming. That's great. Yeah. Talk a little bit about now. We've also there's there's three terms you threw in there: right. uh, the the guitar pull. Right. You're, you know, we used to get together all the time yeah. and just do a guitar pull at somebody's yeah. house, right. and, and that's a good way right. to start. And then we went and decided to build our own little writers' round mm-hmm. at a little place called Claremont Inn. I love that. Place. And, and I think if, if no matter what community you live in and where you're at if you're into songwriting you get a songwriting community you can build something like that in your hometown and the other thing is your hometown probably already has open mics and um so there's but there's a big difference between open mics there and is. writers nights there is there are between 30 and 60 million songwriters artists content creators photographers there are people everywhere mm-hmm. you sit on a plane next to somebody and tell them you're from nashville and a songwriter they'll start telling you the people they know or their nephew is so talented ought to be in the room. yeah there's, they're everywhere absolutely i was in the middle of nowhere in new hampshire a little bitty bitty town and i had uh 35 writers show up on a Saturday for a workshop I was doing Mm -hmm. and none of them knew they were in that area and I had looked in the little entertainment paper and within a 20 minute drive there were 19 open mics open stages talent night writers night wow and they didn't even know about it and I'm going what are you guys missing it's right in front of your face everywhere I've been have a community they just don't know each other Google is your friend Oh, yeah. Songwriters near me. And there's usually a NSAI, National Songwriters Association International, mm-hmm. have we, have the website and have chapter workshops everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and then there's always like Tennessee Songwriters Association. Right. There's uh, Wisconsin Song, Songwriters of Wisconsin. So there's a lot of formal and informal. And then the other thing is if you find some people in your area, have a little sit down, an, a potluck supper one night and, yeah. and have just get together and share songs. We should do that all the Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah. That's how you get to know each other and that's how you get that there's that thing the today i i feel it's it's the best of times and the worst of times best of times if you are a singer or a songwriter or an actor what you got a recording studio on your phone you yes, can you put do. it you can film yourself you can put it out there and again people are putting stuff out there they're so concerned about being out there i don't you know a lot of times they don't think about should it be out there mm-hmm. but 
there's nothing like do a whole show on that absolutely there is nothing like a live audience there's nothing like that one-on-one thing that's what nashville is it's a face-to-face one-on-one experience and people who only do it on on the internet there's a big difference between a bunch of people clicking a like button and people actually showing up to see you perform Mm -hmm. and and the real this is where the cutting edge of technology is kind of uh it it gets you to a point but you've got to be we're in the era of celebrity now you've got to have your brand you've got to have a relationship with your audience and you got to put butts in the seats if you're you know if it wasn't so important record companies would not be spending billions of dollars to send their artists all around the world on these giant tours that's because that's how you meet the fans that's how you build the relationship it's great to have songs it's great to be talented but you got to really we're the most introverted group of people entering the most extroverted business that we can and so that's the purpose for the writers nights the open mics that's the purpose for everything that's so true so uh, back to the original thing there is quite a difference between an open mic and a writer's night especially here in nashville so you're coming into town uh maybe you can't set up a writer's round right maybe you don't have the connections or know the right people but you can always perform in an open round, right, and there, there, there are open rounds that you can play in. It's the uh, it's the same thing. The comparison I always uses a lot to acting. All right, yeah. if you've ever been familiar with actors in L.A. or New York, you know they they go to what's called cattle call auditions. That's where everybody yeah. shows up, and, and I hate that. they everybody hates. It's <laughs> the worst thing. The open mic is the same thing. It's an open uh, thing, and and uh, but you have to think of it like this. This is what. Everybody wants to play the Bluebird. You know, oh, God, how do you play the Bluebird? Well, the Bluebird will have a Monday open mic. And and it used to be that they were turning away up to 200 people a week. They have 22 slots, people Mm -hmm. to do one song. And you show up and you, uh, you, that's that's the way it used to be. Show up. Now you have to call a number, like 8 o'clock in the morning. Everything at the Bluebird uh, is, it starts at 8 in the morning and it's done by 8.05. All the shows. Have sold out all the slots on the Monday night open open mic. Uh, That's one of the reasons I I tell people the Bluebird's something you work up to. You you don't start there. You got to find the other ones. And again, they're listed. You know, you uh, we have a thing called the Nashville Scene here, the paper, and it has listings on online. It has an online uh, scene S C E N E. Mm -hmm. And and again, you know, you open mics in Nashville, and they're usually going to pop up. Uh, But the open mic is where everybody starts. Mm-hmm. And even if you are experienced, even if you've played the biggest arenas, if you don't know nobody, it's going to be hard to get in there because there's so many people doing this. Yep. We have an average of between somewhere between 300 to 600 people a week that either move here or make regular trips. All right. That's offset by about 1,200 people a week that quit, go home, and just quit music. Everybody's got about two-year uh, interest in music, and then you find out this is expensive. And Even Garth Brooks came and went back exactly. home. Well, he went home the first day. He came. <laughs> he looked around. He said, this is not for me. He went back. His wife at the time, Sandy, said, no, nah, you're not going to do that. You're, you're, going back. you're going back. And he came back, and he moved back about uh, about a year before I got here. Mm-hmm. And uh, interestingly enough, he had played around. He got a lot of attention, but just didn't get over the edge. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually signed his deal 
After a show at the Bluebird. After a show at the Bluebird. Now, here, here's what happened on that. And, and Garth, had, uh, I, I, was, I had a representative, ASCAP, who was Garth's representative. And he said, I want you to go see this guy at the Bluebird. You know? And so I went down that night, and I stood outside. It was a packed night, and I watched him. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen. There was just a, a light around him. It was astounding. Mm. And, and he had been turned down 19 times wow. by record labels. In the audience was a guy named Lynn Schultz, who was with Capitol Records, who had turned him down that day. <laughs> he happened to be there because he was friends with Ralph Murphy, who was a vice president of ASCAP. Ralph was supposed to be on that show. They were doing a show called The Old and New Dog Show. I was supposed to be on one later on. Mm-hmm. And, and Garth was playing, and, and Ralph was in London producing another group. And they said, well, what do we do with your slide? We'll put, put Garth in it. Mm-hmm. Garth played second. Lynn Schultz was there to drink beer and uh, with with Ralph saw Garth and says, "Let's rethink this thing." Yeah, and he did the Kent Blazy song. Kent, Kent's been on the yes. show and told the story exactly. Too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if tomorrow never comes. Yeah, yeah. And so that that's just the whole point. You never know where this is going to wind up. You never know. And and it would be great to start at the Bluebird, but doesn't happen. It doesn't happen because you, so many people. If you get lucky, uh, you can get in that open mic yes, on Monday night. Yeah. Yeah, you get it early in the phone queue, mm. and you can. Yeah. But but I just stress, don't put your whole future yeah, on the Bluebird. Yeah, there are don't. other places. The Commodore has uh, an open mic at the end of the night. You got to sign up early, and that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get Debbie on the phone. Talk we're more we're about gonna that. talk yeah. about that. One of the things about people just wanting to come in five minutes before they go on stage, go on stage, play, get off stage, talk to people they want to, and then leave. Mm-hmm. That's one of the worst things. You've got to yeah. stay around. You got to hang out. Some people can't. They drive from out of town and so come earlier mm-hmm. you know but but it this mostly about nashville is putting the time in yeah, it is and most people don't want to put the time in well good and you gotta Nobody be the, sent for you you gotta be a good hang you gotta be the kind exactly. of person that um gets invited back yeah you know yeah um you want to keep getting invited back yeah. you know yeah and we could talk about that but first of all i'm going to go back to the bluebird because mm-hmm. um you auditioned and on a sunday morning audition there could be like 80 folks mm-hmm. waiting to play you yep. get like today you get a verse and a chorus right um so talk a little bit about um <laughs> if, if you have an audition like that what to do and what not to do and maybe you could play the song that got you into the blue can you know yeah. so um well most songwriters and god love them all uh have got their heart-filled emotional stuff and and there's there's that's nothing we all we all do that but you got to think you got one chance to make a bad first impression yep, you, yep. Uh, and you have to think about your strengths so most most songs and songwriters are those depressing ballads that I'm gonna die and take you with me because everybody goes for the 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 deep dark philosophical things and 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 most people when you got you got 40, 50 people all audition doing the same thing. It's just like, shake your head. So yeah. you got to do something. You got to do something different. Mine was humor. I'd met a guy named Ron Muir who had written the, most of this song and everything in the song had happened to me. <laughs> and so uh, I sat down with him and, and, and he included me in. I wrote some things on it and it's called the grand opening. And this was the song that opened up every door for me. Mm. The grand opening was my first night for playing in a bar room. I hoped I'd do the songs they'd love to hear. But before I started picking, I went into that room where little boys go. 
when they'd been drinking beer. Then I came back out and stepped into the spotlight. Picked up my guitar and tried to sing. When I looked at all the people, they were staring back at me. None of them was saying anything. Well, the first tune that I did was fast and lively. But no one moved except the man at table three. Saw him writing down some words upon his napkin. Waitress giggled as she handed it to me. It said, do you know your fly is standing open? Do you know your zipper is undone? <laughs> you might have guessed those were my first two requests. Hell, I'd never even heard of either one. So I read them to a crowd. They applauded long and loud. I broke out in a sweat of desperation. And I don't know why or how, but I got up to take a bow. And they gave me my first standing ovation. <laughs> Said, thank you very much, friends and neighbors. This is, wish my mother was here tonight to see this. Then I sat back down and tried to play some music. But the waitress brought another note to me. No, her face is turning red. She just snickered and said it's from that man at table number three. I said, well, let's open it up and see. It said, don't you know your horse ain't in the stable? Don't you know your barn door ain't been closed? Couldn't help but wonder where he'd heard these crazy songs. Some old drunk cowboy, I suppose. Then I glanced down at the bottom of his napkin. And I started feeling better right away. Cause after all those songs of horses, flies, and stables, here was one that finally I could play. <laughs> Said this man must be a fan of the Beatles. Oh yeah. And this song he's underlined, I'd like to do. And they went into a rage as I stood upon the stage singing, P.S. I love you. You, you, you. That's how you audition at the Bluebird. <laughs> That's how you mess the audition. At that time, uh, Amy Curlin was the, the founder and the owner. And um, she was saying, she made this speech before we got it. There's 85 people auditioning. And she said, just want you to know that even if you pass the audition, and not many people pass the audition, but even if you do, it'll be about a year before you, you play the club. <laughs> That's you know, true. This is 88. 88. And, and I I was going back to Birmingham where I, I had come up to her, and before I got back, she had on my answer machine back in the answer machine, can you come back in three weeks? Oh, wow. And I came back and I played it. That's incredible. And, yep. and she was just very good to me. She was very instrumental at the beginning of my, my thing. This was a, a, another point we were talking about. You know, I had a pretty good rock career for 12 years before I moved to Nashville. Right, In right. Birmingham, we were all through the Southeast with a band called 24 Karat. And uh, and Amy said, you had a lot going on before, right? I said, yeah. She said, a lot of awards, a lot of accolades. I said, yeah. She said, well, put them all in the middle of the room and burn them or put them away in a, <laughs> in a scrapbook because you start all over here. And oh, that's one of the things that, that when, when you come here, you got to start just like everybody else. Yeah. Now, some people get grandfathered in, you know, it's about yeah. playing the bluebird. That's Somebody true. will know someone and, and get invited into a round or get invited mm -hmm. into that kind of skip part of the audition when you get right. pulled in. Same with the that writer's nights. You get yeah. into to rounds when you know somebody, when you're mm -hmm. writing this. It's a 
again, the whole thing about the Cobra. But you better make an impression. You have you to do. make an impression. Two of the things I will never forget that you used to touch. In fact, I've seen you at uh, one of the seminars that I came at. Pound and break a table uh, and say, that. Yeah. don't do ballads. <laughs> That's right. You know? Well, don't it started do out of that. That was dynamic. But <laughs> yes. then that was the next. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. You know. You've got to. We're in a. a 15 to 30 second attention span yeah, world. exactly right. You know, if you really want to see something, <clears throat> you go to a writer's night or an open mic, sit in the back of the room, see the glow songs. When people have got their phones. Glow and they're, songs. They're, yeah. <laughs> you see the glow in their face. They're on there typing something because they are so detached. Right. Because you got to, I don't think about people come to Nashville, but, but it happens everywhere. Yep. People not necessarily that into what you're doing. They want you off the stage so they can get up. <laughs> You know, so if they got the phone down, you're doing bad. If they got it up, videoing you, you're doing good, and that's that's something you can tell. And the other big piece of advice uh, before I take a break and we get Debbie on the phone uh, was you used to always tell us when you get up there, try not to suck. That's right. That's a Billy Joel line. Try very hard not to suck. That's exactly right. Let's take a little break, and when we come, we're going to get Debbie Champion sure, on the phone, absolutely. and we're going to get her take on the open mics and uh, the writers' rounds, what to do and what not to do. This what is our show do. on Songwriter Connection All podcast. Right. Good man, you're listening to the Songwriter Connection, connecting with music makers and hearing their songs and stories. Now back to the show with your host Dave Linehan. We got on the phone. Debbie Champion. We are the champions. champions. <laughs> <laughs> I love Y'all that. Are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie, it's so good to have you on the show. You've been hosting writers' rounds and open rounds in this town for quite some time, haven't you? I don't want to uh, put a <laughs> you know, date on you or anything, but you've got a lot of experience doing this, and you've seen it all, yeah. haven't you? Weren't you and I? Weren't you and years. I the second and third person that Roy Acuff met when he moved to town? I I can't remember. I think it was what it feels like. Roy played your round, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. so you you start? What, 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 did you start at the Broken Spoke, Debbie? Or was it before no, my that? My first writer. The first one was at Bogies. 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 Oh, God. Yes. Okay. And the same people, yeah, I was there for about a year and a half. Uh-huh. And uh, the same people, Mark Bourne, that owned that, yeah. is, owned the Broken Smoke. Uh-huh. Okay. We kind of outgrew it, and he moved us over there. Okay. Where did you come from, Debbie? I always wanted to know that. I'm originally from North Carolina, Reasonable, North Carolina. Right, okay. But I moved here from Florida. I had been down there for about 15 years. Mm-hmm. Flying around and doing gigging. You you came from the industry, so you did a lot, um, didn't you? What, tell us a little bit about your career. Um, I've just been playing and <laughs> writing. And writing. And you're, you're actually a very good singer and a very good writer. I, I hate not seeing you yeah. that much. Don't you ever want to get up on the stage at one of your, your nights? Uh, my job is to promote it, is try to help other people, not myself. I love that about you. you. Know, and that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. How about, talk a little bit about um, people that, that come in and, and they want to play. I, what I also love about your rounds is you always leave the last round of the evening is kind of an open round. So people that are coming into town can get a chance to give it a try and get up on stage. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, doing my first writer's night, going out, not knowing a soul and sitting there and, you know, I've never had it felt. 
Mm-hmm. You kind of feel shy. You kind of feel out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So I try to make new writers that come in feel comfortable, feel mm-hmm. a part of it. You know, give them a chance where they feel like getting up there and doing their songs. And help them grow their circles of friends and get them started. Give them a good foundation to stand on. That's just not out. That's really cool, and, and and I can remember coming in from Cincinnati and, and playing in the open round, and it was two things that always just absolutely will will thrill you if you're if you're a new writer. One is if Debbie Champion picks up the microphone and starts singing, singing with along, or oh, whistling. She's the oh, whistling. She's the queen of whistling. Yeah, and then the second one is afterwards she comes up to you and gives you a card and goes contact me when he gets you into a round Uh, and we talked about being invited back Debbie but we really wanted to talk about is um, being an ethical uh, songwriter there's things that you should do and not do when you're performing at writers rounds and you've seen it all what do you expect from a writer that is um, playing your rounds tell tell, tell us a little bit about how well I try to let them know to um First of all, keep your songs radio time. Radio time, okay. Um, three and a half, four minutes. Around three minutes, yeah. three and a half minutes. Uh, including uh, the intro. Yes. Including the, the intro to the song. Great. <laughs> um, also, be tuned before you get on stage. Tune. Be Try in to be tune. Um, when you come in, you're, you're watching the other writers. I do the open mic at the end of the night where they can watch. And notice how to work the mic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Notice where your guitar chord is. Where they'll kind of feel comfortable and know what to do. Right. Have batteries you in wanna... your guitar. Yeah, make sure your battery is good, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that happens sometimes. Yeah. You know, sometimes they go out and you don't know it. You know, we always go through experiences like that. Mm-hmm. How about knowing your place when when you're to be on stage? What do you mean? Well, you know, there's so many times when you're sitting there, God, I love you. You know, they, yeah. you, know you call somebody's name like 10 times before yeah. they finally. Oh, and show. they don't go up. Yeah. Dave Lennon, yeah. are you ready? Yeah. Are you here? <laughs> Dave? You're where? Yeah. yeah. And, and, right then, and then they start tuning, and then they tell their five-minute story about the song that they're about yeah. to play. Yeah, and then they sing the same thing they say. That's exactly right. <laughs> How about. Now, there's a way to introduce a song and. Yeah. Without telling, you know what the whole song's about. There's you got, you know, you already know what's going to happen. You know, Debbie, that is such a good point because I've seen times where, and I know this will get under your skin. People will talk and set up the song, and they'll end up talking longer than the song itself. <laughs> you know, yeah, setting it up, it. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's another aspect. Uh, they they will see somebody uh, like myself or other people who who do talk a little bit more because we've had some things in the career that are relatable to the audience. That's a difference in being somebody that's brand new, nobody knows yet. You really need to tell where you're from, who you are, and then do your song. You know, yeah, try yeah. to make an impression. Yeah. It, well, plus, I mean, like um, the first right top writer comes to mind is Aaron Barker. Aaron Barker. He plays. I um, mean, he tells the best story. Yeah, he does. You know about he don't tell you about what's in the song, what right. he's going to sing. Like the one about when he was picking oranges, <laughs> he got his first royalty check. Yes, on this song. On this song. Yeah. He thought it was a you joke, know, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a difference, and plus, you know, my thing is with the writers' nights are kind of on a time schedule, right? Mm-hmm. So 
So, like, people I know is going to tell stories. I've got to give them more time. Right. You know, work around that. But like you were saying earlier, new writers that get up and say 10 minutes, talk 10 minutes, and then saying the same thing they, you know, just, you know, talk, talk about, that's kind of a no-no. Debbie is at the Commodore Grill, which is a great songwriter uh, round. And you do, you host what, uh, Sundays? Tell me what days. Uh, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And Thursday. And what I love about your rounds is you always have a feature round at eight, and usually it's a big hit writer. Um, I always try to have a, at least one hit writer every night. And that gives the, the aspiring writers you know, a chance to meet them, mm-hmm. talk to them, you know, learn about them, know their stories. Well, and now you you bring up a point that I, I did want to mention before. Uh, you said you get a chance to meet him. Um, the term germ. <laughs> what is a germ, Mark? A, <laughs> a germ is being a germ. It's where you, where you come up and, and try to give them your CD uh, or, or anything unasked for. Right. There's, there's a couple of problems with that. First of all, you haven't earned that relationship. Second of all, there are legal issues. Yeah. If, if they take... A song from from you, even if they don't listen to it, and I, I hate to say it, but most stuff is not listened to. Uh, their publishers will not let them listen and take things, and nobody wants to be a jerk, right? So they'll they'll throw stuff away. But if you have access to it, and you end up writing something that's similar to a title or whatever, and they go, "Hey, I gave you my my CD, you stole my song," uh, and so many <laughs> so many friends of mine who've had hit songs have been sued, and you have to pay attorneys to defend yours from that. Oh, yeah. And and they may get tossed out. Yeah. I, I know one guy particularly cost him 60 grand oh. to defend himself against a meritless lawsuit. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, and, and if you think about you think about uh, songs that get on the charts and everything, it's a while before they pay out royalties and if you've got outstanding uh litigation against them, they can't pay those royalties out. So imagine having yeah. three, four hundred thousand dollars in royalties waiting on you, but you can't do it because you got a lawsuit that may come up in ten years. Oh boy, can you imagine that? Yeah, yeah. Well, not only that too. Yeah, think, that's true. Yeah, and when you meet them, you know the worst thing is here's my CD. Hey, let's write. You, would you write with me? Come on. Yeah. yeah. Right. You haven't yeah. earned that right. So. Uh, yeah so mark made a list of things debbie that you should do and not do and these are just fantastic things and i'm sure that you've come across uh in your career um what some of the things be on time be on time and don't just come in five minutes before you're gonna play play get off and talk this is the other thing that's absolutely killing me debbie is the people that just talk at the top of their voice after they get off stage playing you want people to give you attention you give them attention and, yeah, treat people as you want to be treated. Exactly. The second is know your host, and you can't have a better friend for Debbie. But Debbie's doing a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. The other night she was there, and there was a crowd of people around her. She's running the soundboard. She couldn't. Nobody could hear anything. And and sometimes I've seen people want to. Hey, what about this? What about this? Talk to Debbie while she's trying to run sound and you whistle to, and sing. Yeah, you have to be courteous. Yeah. So you just can't rush up and go. Hey, Debbie, I want to play. Here's my card. Right. How about, uh, Debbie, how about bringing people in with you to listen to you so they can buy food and, and drink so they keep the doors open? Yeah, and support the night. That helps. Yeah. That's the bottom line of any writer's That's club. right, yeah. But from the club, uh-huh. point of view is numbers. Yeah. You know, if it's not making any money, they're not going to do it. That's right. That's yeah. true. You know, which I, is sad to say, but 
that's just the way it is. I've closed the best of them. <laughs> yeah, no joke. We all have. Uh, Debbie, what are your don't your no not to do list? Have you got some big ones that stand out to you? Uh, just what we were talking about. Yeah. Don't get up there and sing ten minute songs. I have a, another um, one. There's a twist on that, Debbie. How about this? How about when they they play through the guitar solo in their head? I call it the invisible guitar solo, and it just oh yeah, when they play out. Yeah, when they play through the a solo when there's nobody soloing. Yeah, here's where the solo is. And then some guys, and, I, and, and I'm not going to mention names, but you know them and I know them too. And they're friends of mine, and they're very good. But these songs don't need three and four guitar solos in one song. You know, I mean, I see these guys get up, and they're, they're, they're you know, it's Stairway to Heaven. They got you know, these 10 minutes. We're all on a time frame. Uh, you know, I'm I, lucky enough to be the feature, and, and uh, Debbie's very, very nice to me. I am always cognizant of the time that I'm on. Uh, Debbie, we, we get about 30 minutes for the, the feature or most rounds. I'm always going to quit a few minutes before because I know she's already got a time right. thing. I'm going to get in, hit real hard, real fast, and then get off. And and I, I just see people as the as the rounds start running over and running over. Uh, and, and so that's uh, be very cognizant of your time the whole time you're on stage. Yeah, that helps. Yeah. Doesn't always work out that way, but that helps. It doesn't, and, and I think that so much of it is because m so many people that are doing this now are not used to performing live. They're internet; they they play on the internet, and they can just go on and on and on, and and they don't understand that you're on a tight time frame with other people. Mm -hmm. uh, I, yeah. I look at you sometimes when you got you got fifteen people there who have signed up the open mic. They've been there at six o'clock, and you got about ten minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, and and because just everybody's run long, and so think about time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And Debbie and has have to be done at Debbie, a certain time. Debbie still lives in North Carolina. Has to drive home every night to North Carolina. <laughs> no, <she> <laughs> 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 yeah, right. <laughs> well, what? On the other hand, Deborah, uh, what are things that when you see somebody new, what are things that make you stand out and would yeah. want to invite them from the open mic to the invited rounds? Yes. What are those things? Well, when a new writer comes in, I try to right away introduce them to some of the writers that are there, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. standing around. Um, you just, you know, listen to their songs. Are their songs good? I try to help pretty much help any of them I can. What are things about certain songs that uh, that appeal to you and will make you go, I want to listen to this? Is, is there anything in particular? Uh, they just either does or doesn't, I reckon. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's, I mean, I don't have a list of what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. It catches your ear or it doesn't. For me, yeah, exactly. is, is do they have a chorus that stands out with a with a with a hook that you just know what the song is about? Mm -hmm. That's that's something that that the, yeah, I guess to me it's just if it touches my heart. That well, that's good. If yeah, you that's feel, good. if you feel it. Yeah, I got you. Hmm. Debbie, was there someone that you could, uh, as an example, um, that you first saw at a writers' round that you just knew that th that person was? <laughs> <laughs> was all Tony right Lane. <laughs> Tony Lane. Tony Lane. Isn't that the truth? Isn't oh. that something? That guy oh, has, incredible. you know, I, I'm I'm so anti-ballad, and actually I have some ballads myself, but, but Tony Lane could deliver 
a ballad. He'd do nothing he but could. ballads, but he's got such delivery about him. Yeah, he you does. know, yeah. and and that was just it, and a tremendous storyteller too. I'll tell you one of your rounds. Yeah, he's like one of those. You can be in a crowded room, mm-hmm. noisy. When he starts to play, and that show. room just oh, is yeah, as yeah. quiet as Pin it drum. is. Yeah, absolutely. It is something about his in performing yeah. just draws you in. If you're not familiar with Tony Lane, Google that guy. Wonderful writer. Yeah, he really is. You know, I was really fortunate to see a round one night uh, that you hosted with him and uh, Anthony Smith together. Oh, yeah. And those two together. Yeah, that's are, another real good one. Yeah. And I remember Tony going, I mean, Anthony Smith, he had a he had a, a beg out. I think it was probably during Tin Pan South, right. and which is the Songwriter Festival here in Nashville. And he had to get to another round. And so he left. Uh, um, but before he left, he, he said, you know, I just want to say when people tell me, they say sometimes that when I when they hear me sing that I sound like Tony Lane. Right. And he goes, I take that as the biggest compliment, compliment because yeah. I love and admire this guy. That's right. And uh, he's taught me everything. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And it just touched me, you know. Yeah. The guy that was like Tony Lane before Tony Lane was Chuck Cannon. He could do the, oh. he did the same same kind of thing. You know, Reese Wilson had a comment to me one time that I thought was just as appropriate. Because if you've had cuts or you've had hits or whatever, uh, or uh, what I call established writers, uh, there's hit writers and established writers. Hit writers have the hits, obviously. The established writers are the ones that everybody knows. And mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and somebody came up to him one night. And and this is something that always happens. Somebody goes, hey, you want to write, man? What does it take yeah, to write? Right. And this guy said, well, what does it take to write with you? And and Tony was at the Commodore. And and, uh, and Reese said, you know, you're going to come in here, and I'm going to have uh, a drink in one hand. I'm going to have a cigarette in the other. I'm going to be talking to my friends, and I'm going to have my back to you. Your job is to make me turn around. <laughs> and, and that is the truth. That's the truth. The people that make the room shut up, you know, the people that, and, and it's difficult, Debbie, this is, I know you bear me out on this because about half the people at the Commodore or the old broken spoke were not there. They're not there for the music. They're there for the hotel. Right. And we have to make sure we don't run the hotel customers out too. Yeah. And the people usually come in the hotel, they love it. Yeah. They usually do. they get a lot of people who come and stay there because the writers night. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So it's a good cross section. Yeah. And in the, in the it, but it kind of gives it gives the songwriters a chance to branch out. You yeah. know, when other people hear their music. Yeah. And that's yeah. what the whole thing is about. It gives them a chance to play, see how their songs, or just, you know how the people are, you know respond to them. Um, the chance to be heard by publishers. You know, you get people in the business in there all the time. Mm-hmm. You kind of just go through and looking for, you know, what's going on with the new kids, the new writers. What is this thing that I heard about your ex-husband? I've, I've heard something. About- oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get you, Mark Allen. <laughs> I just one night. I just. No, I don't know. What are you talking about, Dave? I don't He's even like, know. <laughs> he used to, always, used to tell everybody he was my ex <laughs> <laughs> She's been married forever. A, then I get a, then I'm not married to a very wonderful man, right, for years, over 30 years. But it, then somebody comes up and goes, when's your ex-husband playing again? <laughs> <laughs> and then I had her husband come up to me one night and say, I heard you've been being me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh gosh, that's just my stick. But I, I, watched, I knew a guy, and every song that he had was from a different relationship, you know. And he, oh, this is girlfriend number twelve. And so, so I started that whole thing. That's where the ex-wives all came from. My favorite line is when I say, "You know, it's so good to be here with Debbie tonight because she finally dropped that restraining order," and I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> Oh, honey, you are a wonderful person, and and I I just can't thank you for all the things you've done for all of us. Thanks so much for what you do. I love you guys. Yeah. And thank you for everything y'all do, too. We always say, Debbie's the champion. She is. Champion. (laughs) I love you guys. We love you, too. We'll see you real soon, Debbie. Thank you. Thank you, Debbie. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Debbie's champion. How about that? You know, there's a person to get to know. That is the one. She just, she has this wonderful way she makes everybody feel comfortable she really does and and and, but you don't want to cross her Mm -mm. you know i mean because she can just keep you from a a a slot and oh yeah you won't know that's the thing about nashville uh you don't know that you're blackballed but you just don't (laughs) get the response that you think and you're judged as much for being off the stage as you are on the stage that is so true i look around when i'm on stage and i'm recently this has been a real thing people just right down front talking while i'm playing yep. and man if you don't think i'll remember that if you've got it and it happens to me a lot and, and i know you too. too we we try to stay in the back of the room mm-hmm. uh when we're off stage because people invariably come up and talk to us and someone talking pretty loud sometimes so, i'll take them outside yeah yeah come over here it's those yeah. people down front that just make me nuts because you want the attention when you're on stage you give attention when they're on stage absolutely right yep Absolutely right. And I'll tell you another story. You know, um, when I was kind of new into town um, and, and played in a writer's round, I had a new guitar and uh, really stupid. I wanted to show it off and I brought it. And um, I couldn't seem to get it in tune. And I'm trying to hear it, you know, and I'm not yeah. on the stage yet. I'm to the side, you know, and I'm, right. I'm, I'm like th- holding up my ear. And, th- and and I guess it Debbie could hear that. Yeah. And she comes yeah. up to me. She goes, that's so rude. Stop that right now. And I was like, so hurt, yeah. you know. But she was absolutely right. I was yeah. in yeah. the wrong. Right. I was so embarrassed mm-hmm. that I didn't play. I didn't even ask to come yeah. back for like two years. Right, right. I, I, <laughs> Until I somebody I invited me back yeah. in their round and then built that relationship again. So you got to be careful. you yeah. got to know, you know, it's not about you. It's not about you. <laughs> uh, if you're playing a lot, I would suggest investing in an inline tuner. An yes. inline tuner, you can. it's a little pedal and you can step on and it will mute you out of the system. Right. I do it because I've been doing for a long time. If I'm playing it around, we all have the clip-on yeah. things now. And you can very, if you turn your volume off, you can very, very lightly tune. But if you're sitting next to somebody, don't do it because do it, it just, it, it, no. it does, it, it's just nuts. It, it really drives Here's me another thing that drives me crazy, okay? okay. How about uh, you're in the round with somebody who loves to noodle through your Oh, song. I hate it. I yeah. hate it, yeah. I mean, they yeah. think they're the lead guitar player right. and they're just right. throwing it in there. Yeah. Uh, unless you ask, unless you ask them, don't play. You don't know the songs. And right. and here's another thing that I, I because it is a pet peeve of mine that I really like so many. I like everybody, mm-hmm. you know. But 
I don't like the noodlers and I don't like people that just expect to be able to play solo. I don't do many solos and I don't do it for a reason because Mm -hmm. I just want people to have my song very tight into it. There are some people that like that and that's fine, but you've got to be able to get back into your song and, and solos on a writer's night, uh, should be limited. You know, you uh, some of these guys are really are good players, but you just only got so much space. And again, it take it makes a song longer. It does. So just learn how to do it uh, tighter and don't play unless you're asked. Exactly. Talk it over before. Uh, you know, people will come up. I say it all the time. Say, Man, do you mind if I play this? I'd, I'd rather you not. Rather you not. Yeah. You know. But there are some songs you're jamming like it's in an upbeat song. You're, That's hey, man, true. I'm, I'm an A if you want to try. You want to yeah. take one? Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. take one? If you tell them, go for it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But don't just assume and start. Don't assume. But if you're going to put a solo in your song, make sure the rest of the song is is pretty tight and pretty uh, and pretty short. <laughs> you know, uh, and just like the yeah. intros, just talking about these people with these ten minute intros for this ten minute song. You you got really you should time what you're doing your intros while your song. If you're exceeding five minutes per. You're going too long. Find a way to shut, yeah. short it, yeah. shorten it down. Closer to three thirty, three minutes and thirty. That's what the radio. Uh, mm-hmm. What she was talking. She's saying, yeah, radio. Yeah. Like, about yeah. three minutes and thirty seconds is your target. Anything shorter than that is better. It, I like to do uh, my songs come in under three minutes a lot of times. Sometimes it's about two minutes and a half, mm-hmm. and uh, and I do that because I can get more songs. Yeah, there you go. And if you don't talk as much between, exactly, <laughs> you get more exactly. Too. Yeah, I start every, almost every show. I rarely ever say anything. I start straight on into the song. Yeah. Uh, and I try to get, I, we have this thing, don't bore us, get to the chorus. Yeah. I try to get to the chorus as quickly as I can. And, and if I have a couple of songs, if I'm doing mo, if I'm doing my, my feature kind of thing, uh, I'm going to do the first two songs are pretty much going to be very close together. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'll say something, maybe third song. Yeah. yeah. So that's great. So, yeah. 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 And you know the secret to getting more songs on a, on a writer's night, don't you, Dave? What's that? Really? Well, you did it last night. You know, we get we get uh, three people who have written to, on each other's songs. Suddenly, you got six songs, eight songs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Man. That's why, like when I'm when I'm setting up rounds, sometimes I mean, now there's somebody that I really like that yeah. I think is a good writer, and I'll say, why don't you bring two of your co-writer friends? Right. That's because the best you have that familiarity, and that's they play right. off each other's a better show. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the thing to remember is. And we said, it, you know, it's not about you. Think about it from a business standpoint. These club owners, you know, your job Amen. really is yeah. to keep them in the seat and drink it. That's right. Right? Yeah. And um, so think about it as, you know, you're a performer. Yeah. You're, you have to. I think Kim McLean said it just great on this show a while back. Uh, she's a hit writer and, and has been on the show. And she says, love them with a song. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. love them with the song. And, <clears throat> you know, so. It's not about you. It's about them. It's about the club owner. They've got to stay in business. So we got to keep people there That's right. and drinking. The worst thing you can do is show up two minutes before you're on and yeah. leave ex- right after. Amen. Yeah. And, and just disappear. Yeah. And, and other times, I understand that you may have another show or another right. commitment. Yeah. In those rare cases, I go up to the host and I say, Debbie, yeah. I am so sorry. Right. I, That's right. I, there is, I have another commitment and, you know, I love you and, and you know, so mm-hmm. forgive me, but I'm, I have to leave, you know, apo- you know, or, so, or your friends that are maybe playing after you, you know, I, right. I really appreciate when people come up and say, man, I've got to, I've got to work in the morning. I got, right. I, okay. I got you. No problem. Gotcha. I have to do the same thing. You know, yeah, we get on multiple shows sometimes and we have other things. I will always try to get there a little earlier mm-hmm. so I can be there as much. And then I try to stay 
into the next round as much as I can. I, I try to, you too. Know. And if I can, all, all of them. You know, yeah. last night we played at the uh, Maxwell House. Yeah. Came early. We watched the whole first right. set. We played in the second. Right. And uh, then stayed for the, the third. Stayed for the last one. Yeah. 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 And and I'm glad I did because we heard some great yeah. songs. They were all three great rounds. We were good consumers last we night. We were. <laughs> I was proud of us. Yes. That's how you get invited back. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Especially when you're visiting town, you should come in with goals in mind. And what Mm -hmm. those goals should be are, one, being invited back. Being invited back. Yeah, getting the (laughs) invitation back. Listening to other people Mm -hmm. and and meeting other people. Being a good friend. Being a good thing. But, but, you know, everybody has their goals. It's not just about you, you, you. Mm -hmm. How can you utilize other people and have them utilize you on things that you do? You know, it's, a good team player. The thing is, too, what you're going to find here, and, and we don't want to discourage you in any way, what you're going to find in Nashville, and what I love about this town, is it's a great community. Absolutely. Everybody uh, is encouraging. Most everybody. Most everybody. And, yeah. and most everybody understands that all boats rise, rise with the right. tide, right? Yep. Uh, so uh, you're going to find a community that's very supportive. And you're going to, you're going to, you're, you'll fit in. If, that's if, right. If, if you are really into the craft. Yes. Um, and you show passion. Uh, it's appreciated. Yeah. I will always say, uh, people, uh, There's uh, this was given to me by a hit writer many years ago. If you come in with, I've got to get my songs on the radio. I've got mm-hmm. to get to a publisher. I've got to get a hit. I've got, mm-hmm. If you come with that, you're almost going to set yourself up for fail because that's really, really hard to do. Yeah. If you come in when I want to write the best songs I can, I want to meet the best people, I want to make friends for life, you'll always succeed. <laughs> that's what we should that, do. That is so true. And I remember a hit writer <clears throat> who let us uh, play some songs for him. And one of the writer's buddies of mine said, I've, I've got a great one here to play for you. And he looked back and goes, I'll be the judge of that. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, that's the so, truth. You know, that is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah better approach would have been, yeah. <laughs> appreciate your, I would appreciate your comments and advice with this one. What that's do you right. Think? Tell me the truth. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. You go set yourself up, people. Set yourself up. Right? Uh, you've never heard anything like this. I bet you haven't heard this one. Yeah, I can bet you I have. You know, <laughs> We're all writing the same stuff. What great writers do will find ways to find a different slant, and they'll find a different point of view on it, and that's, that's so what we're trying to do. Absolutely. Say the same thing differently. Differently. That's right. Yeah. Hey, so we hope we didn't, we hope we had some really good advice for you. Yeah. Uh, and I hope these things help. And uh, I want to say again, if you can't make it into Nashville, hey, in Just your community, something. find out where those open mics are. Find right. out where you can share those songs and get immediate feedback so you know how your writing is going. Um, maybe if you're a member of, of NSAI, that's a good place to start because they'll do critiques. You can right. send them critiques right. and they will critique them. But the other thing is you can start your own writer's rounds. Absolutely. Right in your community. Absolutely. Um, and, and maybe you start with an op- hosting an open mic. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you start with guitar pulls at somebody's house. But um, have the goal in mind to eventually get it out there and share those songs. It's a, it's a great thing for you to do. Cliff Nelson told me a way that he used to do it out in California. He'd go to a, a place that he liked the room that had music. Music and or or might not even have music. And he mm-hmm. said, "What is your slowest night?" Yeah, and they tell him, you know, that's when he would set something up. Because how it gives about if we do a writer's yeah. night here? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so cool. Yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> I want to wrap things up with a song that you do, and I want to preface it by saying, I, I grew up in Cleveland, in the, the rock and roll whole, uh, capital of the world. It's where the Rock Hall of Fame is. And there was a Cleveland performer who I absolutely love, who I thought was a great songwriter. We just lost him a couple of years ago. His name was Michael Stanley. Oh, sure, yeah. And, and Michael Stanley had this song called Lover. 
And um, I it's still one of my all-time favorite songs. When Michael got to this part in the song, he would just stop because the next line was so strong that people knew it by heart and would sing it. And the line was, thank God for the man who put the white lines on the highway. Oh, yeah. If you are from Cleveland, you've heard that line. Sure. Yeah. Um, you have a song very similar because there is a line in the song where you could just stop and people could sing uh, sing it right along. In fact, it's become kind of your it signature line. And uh, your hat says it. And, and, <laughs> in fact, there was a guy last night who goes, what's that say on your... What is, what's that on your... <laughs> I know. It's uh, one of those things that's fortunate. I was working with uh, on, on one of my writing... I teach songwriting the way people teach uh, guitar lessons or piano lessons or voice lessons by doing. And so working with a guy, Stephen Fisher, out in California. And, and we were just... Uh, I didn't want to write a song about songs. I want to write a song about perseverance. Mm. And I understand that this line... That's in it uh, was on used on the show Monarch the Recent. other night. Yeah. Another night has ended. Crowd is shuffled out. Two guys at the end of the bar throw their last buds down. The smoky haze is lifted. Work lights have come on Now I'm packing up this old guitar And headed home alone I do what I do for the love of it Sure ain't for the bucks Maybe some magic wandering If I look deep enough what they see three hours a night Is a tortured soul laid bare Sometimes it feels like I'm playing for tables and chairs She used to come here with me And hang on every line Since they were all about her I had a reason to rhyme but she couldn't take the lifestyle of this gypsy on the move. Here you go. You don't choose music. Music chooses you. There you go. I do what I do for the love of it. Sure ain't for the bugs. Maybe some magic will wander it. If I look deep enough What they see three hours a night Is a tortured soul laid bare Sometimes it feels like I'm playing for tables and chairs Yeah, we do what we do for the love of it Sure ain't for the bugs Maybe some magical wandering if we all look deep enough What they see three hours a night Is a tortured soul laid bare Sometimes it feels like I'm playing for tables and chairs Sometimes it feels like I'm playing for tables and chairs Tables and chairs. 
it's a great song. Thank you, man. And Thank people, you, so you, you can you can uh, Google that song. It's yeah. out there. It's on the YouTube. You've got a video. Videos of that song, on man. YouTube. Video, and, uh, yeah. yeah. That you shot in like 110 degree weather, all dressed <laughs> in black. All dressed in black. That's true. <laughs> Over by the Parthenon, Over right? by the Parthenon, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, so check that out. And also, Mark, people can reach you online, right? MarkAllenBarnett.com. And you can, anybody, Mark Allen Barnett, it's M-A-R-C-A-L-A-N-B-A-R-N-E-T-T-E.com. Mm-hmm. And you can just Google that. Uh, or duck, duck, go search or a search engine. Usually a whole bunch of stuff will yeah. pop up. You'll find them out there. I'm and drop them a note. Please do. Yeah. I, I love to talk to people. I love to, uh, to have, uh, people. I, I have a, uh, M, M B A R N E 4908 at AOL. Um, I'm the only person on AOL. I'm getting my MySpace up running. Uh, <laughs> my but, MySpace. <laughs> you know, over the years, you get all these cards and stuff out with you, and we just, you know, keep. Was Mark Allen Barnett music at Gmail taken or something? Uh, yeah, there there was. When I moved to town, there were five Mark Allens and five Mark Barnetts. Oh, no kidding. All doing music. Yeah. Oh, there was a banjo player. As a matter of fact, there's a great banjo player, uh, but uh, he was blue grass guy mm-hmm. and uh and so it, we kind of had this thing so i went to mark allen for a while and then all the male artists went to three names billy ray cyrus oh yeah billy the thing. and so i went to three names and and years later my mother was in gatlinburg tennessee and she bought a cd from mark barnett the wrong one and he was on the cover and it's just i didn't know you're doing bluegrass it's, I'm not. You're not nervous. <laughs> so even your mother can get confused. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's two Billy Lees. My buddy Billy Lee. That's and right. Two yeah. guys named yeah. Billy Lee. Yeah. You never know which one you're <laughs> Which one am I talking to? Yeah. That's another thing, too. Be careful how you promote yourself. I mean, t- I mean that's yeah. an important thing. Yeah, very much so. There's so many roses today. You yeah. know, there's so many <laughs> lens. And, that's, oh, know. God, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know. I'm going to use my middle name. You know? Well, I couldn't use David Thomas, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> because right. of the Wendy's. Wendy's! You know? That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. We covered so much ground today, Mark. Thank you. for And thanks thank to you. Debbie Champion, too, for taking time off her busy day. Absolutely. Talk to us on the phone. Hope you got something out of it. Thanks for listening to our song. Writer Connection podcast. Drop Mark a note, check out his site, and we'll see you next week, okay? Thanks, Dave. Thank you for listening to the Songwriter Connection podcast. Find us on social media at Songwriter Connection. Also, listen to Dave Lanahan's Nashville Connections radio show. It streams live every Friday morning on WOBL and WNOI. Look for us on Facebook and YouTube. See you next time on Songwriter Connection.